0: the opportunity with short, micro pieces of content that can be leveraged across social, even leveraged in your own campaigns, is something we all need to get better at. And using you know, video as a visual medium, a way to connect with people and share those ideas and stories without it always becoming a five minute long piece or a 30 minute long recording, I think it's something we all need to get better at.
1: B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Content Strategist podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder and CEO of specialist content repurposing agency, Content 10X. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to Tyler Lissard. Tyler is the VP of Marketing and Chief Video Strategist at Vidyard, the pioneering and leading global provider of video technology for marketers, sales teams, communications, and corporate learning. Tyler is incredibly passionate about video marketing and the potential it has for B2B businesses. He has been driving Vidyard's core content strategy for more than eight years now and has recently spearheaded the launch of Vidyard's new media outlet, Sales Feed Media Network. We discuss the advantages to building a companion media outlet and how Vidyard has found quick growth on new video platforms. We also talk about Vidyard's multifaceted thought leadership strategy and Tyler shares insights into how they execute it all. Let's jump into the conversation. Tyler, welcome to B2B Content Strategist Podcast. It's great to have you here.
0: Thanks so much, Amy. It is a pleasure to be here.
1: No, I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. So, um, so, to kick things off, could you just tell us a bit about your role and for anybody who isn't familiar with Vidyard as well, just a little intro into, into Vidyard and what you guys do?
0: Absolutely. So, uh, as mentioned, my name is Tyler Lassard, I'm the VP Marketing here at Vidyard. Uh, I've actually been with the organization for just over eight years now, which is a lifetime in the world of SaaS software, Uh, but uh, we are a video technology company for marketing and sales teams. Uh, We offer solutions for video hosting management and analytics for marketing organizations, as well as tools for sales teams to make it easy for them to record and send their own custom video messages and screen shares to their clients as a way to uh, accelerate and close more business. So during that time, I have had a uh, a very unique opportunity to see how the world of video has evolved in B2B businesses across both marketing and sales and some of the latest trends and best practices that are happening out there. So it's been uh, a wild ride over the last few years as the use of video has dramatically changed uh, in, in today's world.
1: Yeah, dramatically. And so you've been at Vidyard for eight years. How old is Vidyard as a company?
0: Uh, so the company itself is about 10 and a half years old. Uh, it was about 30 people when I joined. Uh, we were just getting going as a hosting platform. Uh, but it's uh, it's been a very, very interesting uh, number of years as we have seen this, you know, changing use of video and marketing teams, which has fueled a lot of the growth and expansion, but uh, also this, yeah, broader use of video.
1: Mm. And that's, a, I guess, a great lead into. So what does your um, team look like? So kind of, you know, how many people, what sort of roles do you have within your team?
0: So our marketing team uh, here within Bidyard is roughly 30 people. Uh, we're about a 300 person uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, um, a strong, very strong marketing team, uh, very excited about what we've, what we've built here. Um, But, uh, you know, as with a lot of other B2B marketing teams, we have a a really strong foundation in content and social media marketing. Uh, We have a segment-based demand gen team, which uh, with folks specialized on different parts of the market, different market segments, um, focused on acquisition campaigns. Um, But we also have an interesting um, go-to-market in that we have both a top-down, you know, enterprise sales motion where we run a lot of targeted campaigns, account-based marketing, but we also have a product-led growth or a freemium product strategy. And so we also have a large growth marketing team and digital marketing team, uh, which is focused on user acquisition, uh, driving people into the free product, and then generating what we would coin as product-qualified leads to uh, nurture into our sales team.
1: So uh, a multifaceted marketing function, (laughs) very much so.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: So in terms of your overarching content strategy, what are your key priorities with regards to the content strategy?
0: So a big part of our content strategy has been uh, traditionally around thought leadership and um, frankly, category building. We are in a market that uh, frankly is still quite nascent um, on the marketing audience that we serve. Um, There is still a lot of unknowns for our community around um, not so much video technology, but around the role and use of video as a medium. And so we focus a lot on thought leadership content to help our community understand how are other businesses using video, what's working, what's not, how to be strategic with it um, so that they can certainly come to us as an expert in that area. And of course, for us, the more successful they are with video as a medium, the more need that they'll have for uh, the kinds of solutions we offer. And we found that similar type of strategy to work extremely well as we built up uh, products for the sales community that we sell to. Um, Again, focusing a lot on thought leadership, on community engagement, on helping people understand the opportunity with using video in a sales function, and then sharing lots and lots of best practices, tips, ideas, and doing that through both traditional thought leadership content Episodic video series, podcasts, webinars, virtual events. We could go on, Amy, about all the different formats, and I'm yeah. sure we'll dive into those. But that uh, that's a big, big part of what we do as a, as a content strategy.
1: And um, with regard to the thought leadership play, are you focusing on elevating people within the organization as thought leaders as an individual, or is it more around a brand? Because that's yeah. That's a question, isn't it? Whether you shine the light on people as the thought leaders or the brand as the thought leader.
0: It's such a great question and such a hot topic today for, for all the right reasons. Um, we, we absolutely are, are doing both. And, and I think I think both are, are very, very important. Um, so on the individual side, um, I myself act as one of our primary evangelists, advocates, thought leaders out in the market. and And frankly, I consider a big part of my job to be staying on top of trends, ideas, staying close to the customer base, um, understanding these things, and putting myself out there um, to educate the community, to build my own following around this. Um, In fact, I also authored uh, a book uh, recently called The Visual Sale, which is a big part of that getting out there with my personal brand to help to build this community. Um, We've also focused on building a a diverse group of advocates and brand ambassadors and thought leaders within the company. Uh, we have uh, about a dozen different people that participate actively in our content, whether that be um, our own content we're creating or things we're doing with third parties and partners, mm-hmm. folks who will go out and just like this, be on podcasts, um, go out and do webinars uh, through third party channels. But will also be in our self-produced content, sharing ideas, tips, best practices, Uh, as a part of what we're doing there. So I think that's really, really important today to to build up that core team of um, external facing advocates, uh, folks that people can get to know, um, but making sure it's more than just one person in your organization, um, both for the importance of diversity overall and different perspectives, but also um, for your own safety net knowing that not everybody is going to be at your business forever, so as you do bring in new employees, making sure that you've got that ongoing roster of people that can be a big part of your front-facing brand. Mm.
1: And then, external to Vidyard, do you work with influencers or you know brand advocates outside of Vidyard that you create content with for that purpose as well?
0: Oh, we absolutely do, and that yep. has been a huge part of our um, of our strategy from a thought leadership perspective. Um, and, and a very successful part, frankly, and understanding in the different market spaces, um, you know, who are those, those folks who have a strong voice in the community, both to help you deliver higher value content by bringing, you know, their ideas to your community, but of course also tapping into their communities of followers by, um, you know, having them sharing into, into their base as well. And one of the really interesting things actually that we've done in the last year um, that that I want to share, because it's tied closely to that kind of influencer engagement strategy, is um, we really doubled down on our thought leadership program and we actually launched our own um, kind of standalone media company as a brand extension to Vidyard. And it almost comes back to the, you know, when we were talking earlier about individuals versus corporate brand. You know, individuals tend to be more trustworthy. Um, you know, people they, they tend to follow them more than the corporate brand. Um, and we launched this media brand as almost something in between, where it's something that um, it's actually it's for our sales audience. It's called Salesfeed. And the idea with Salesfeed was that we wanted a content outlet, basically, um, to be a little bit separate from the corporate Vidyard brand something that gave us the ability to um, try out and do new formats of content that were a little bit more fringe and niche and and almost experimental, but also to give us an opportunity to partner with more people in the community who may not be as open to partnering with a pure vendor and saying, oh, well, Vidyard, of course you want to talk about video and this, and we've intentionally set up SalesFeed as this media brand where we don't really talk about video for sales we talk about everything else as part of salesfeed and we get really close to the sales audience and understand what are they most interested in learning about or laughing about and we focus on producing content within that space to broaden our reach and we found that influencers and contributors are way more interested in participating in salesfeed than they were in doing joint content with vidyard because salesfeed has a very community driven vendor agnostic approach to it Um, And that's been really successful for us. So an interesting learning there and something, uh, frankly, we're still learning from uh, after being about eight months into that.
1: I'm really keen to know you said that you it's given you this opportunity to experiment with different formats and different media types Mm. because because you are running it as something differently. What's an example of something that perhaps you played around with with Mm. from a Vidyard content strategy? And then you thought, actually, this will be great to experiment in sales feed.
0: Yeah, so with the with the core brand, um, you know, one of the one of the challenges is that you've got this this core audience of often customers, you know, as well as broader, but they have certain expectations in terms of what they're following you for, um, which you know kind of puts a little bit of a, a set of goalposts around what it is that you feel comfortable doing there. With salesfeed as the example, um, when we spoke to people within the sales community, our target audience, we did a lot of research to understand. What are they actually engaging with today? What are they most interested in? Where are there? There's some gaps. And we actually found uh, when talking to a lot of sales reps, there was a consistent thread of they all follow sales meme accounts because they like to laugh at, you know, every, you know on a daily basis, they see a different sales meme and they share it around and they get this huge amount of engagement and, and, and sharing because, you know, I mean, we all love to laugh. But particularly in the world of sales, um, you know, we learned as we dug into it, we realized, you know what, sales is a really stressful job. Like on a day-to-day basis, there's a lot of pressure to close deals and all these things. And so they were really tapping into, you know, loving humor, relatable humor within their space, in addition to educational tips. And so we actually decided to invest in um, both educational and pure entertainment content for that community, knowing how much they love their memes. And so we actually spend a huge amount of time creating parody videos. Um, we do memes as well, because you, know, you can never have enough memes. Um, you know, we do uh, intentionally comedic content. Um, and we do it both on LinkedIn, which is a community where a lot of salespeople are. Um, but we also do it on TikTok and Instagram Reels. And um, we very quickly on our TikTok channel went from zero to we're just about to crest over 40,000 followers in less than six months wow! and that's a big part of because we're doing actually a mix there of like quick hit funny but also blended with some educational pieces and those humor ones they're tough to do as a core brand because if you get it wrong you know it can go really wrong Um, and if your core audience is engaging there um, again that's maybe what they're expecting but by carving out this sort of separate niche and going hey this gives us the ability to have some fun um, sometimes I put on for you, you all won't be seeing this, but I'm showing Amy. I've got a fake mustache here, Brilliant. and I'll put on for some of my videos to play a different character. So it's been really fascinating to see that play out.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And, um, you know, the, the parody content and memes that that's something that we love at Content 10X as well. We, we create at least one meme a week about content repurposing yep. and, um, and would do more parody content, but we have done some, but I, I completely get that it just gives you I guess more of that creative outlet and you've really seen what works as well and it's good to be putting it under that that different brand and you mentioned um podcasts as well didn't you so you've Mm -hmm. got all the kind of creative the memes and the parody content you're doing well on TikTok obviously video content um but you have is it is it almost a podcast network that you're forming under the sales feed media network as it is
0: yeah, we uh, we are, and we're doing you know as part of Salesfeed, we're doing all forms of content. It is a bit of a video first um, platform because that's where we see, uh, frankly, the biggest opportunity where folks really aren't um, you know producing a lot of great video today in that community. Um, but it is a mix of short and longer form video. Um, we have three different podcasts um, that we're running as part of that. Two of them we run internally and one of them we, um, uh, we work with uh, a, a, a partner of ours who is phenomenal. And um, we're basically, you know, acting like a, a media company. We are underwriting the production of that um, for, uh, you know, a season at a time and seeing how that goes. Um, So we've got the podcast side of things. We do also do uh, written content, um, both online as well as through our social channels and LinkedIn channels. Um, So it's been, you know, yeah, fun to experiment with lots of different formats, but, you know, we're finding that's really working. People are, you know, cross-engaging and, you know, some folks prefer one, some the other. Um, It not only gives, you know, variety in terms of what you can engage people with, but I also think about it as maximizing our surface area in yeah. the market, right? Mm-hmm. People that are coming in from the podcast and then converting to our newsletter. From the newsletter, they're discovering our YouTube channel, our video content, and our other things. So we've got this really nice like hub of a newsletter, and all these spokes of different channels where different forms of content are bringing people in.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting as well to engage with your audience and find out that that route that they took because everyone can be really different, can't they? From you know you you might have in your mind this funnel of the way people will find you and the way they'll move (laughs) through your content. But actually, it's very, very varied, isn't it? Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. There's so much that you guys are doing. It's really interesting and um, inspiring to hear of all the different content that you're creating and how the team um, works on that and the different functions. Mm. What have you done to streamline or kind of optimize the day-to-day recurring processes that need to be followed in order to run such a content operation like that, like that?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, and, you know, it's, it's actually hard to answer because so much of it has just been like continuous iteration over the years. You know, this stuff doesn't just happen overnight as much as we like to think, oh, it's just one platform and you drop it in and it manages everything and it works great. Um, you do have to learn over time. You have to iterate and optimize. Um, you know, there's simple things we do. Like, you know, we use platforms like Trello as a project management um, solution across the team. And that's integrated both for our content as well as our demand and social and other programs so that everybody has you know continuous and and centralized visibility into different campaigns different pieces of content and so on um so that's been a terrific tool for us because we have lots of different people participating in the content as well right it's not just one writer it's a few different writers it's video producers it's social media managers um and uh and, and designers So having a great set of centralized project management tools are really, really important. Um, I think having, uh, for us, honestly, a really big piece has been having these different capabilities, um, having core competency in-house, but then, of course, also having partners that can act as an extension. So we are never 100% dependent on an external vendor for any piece of content we're doing, right? We have in-house video production capabilities, podcast production capabilities, writing and design. Um, so that helps with making sure there is a continuous flow and something we can manage and have, have our, our own ownership over. But having you know trusted partners who act as an extension to our team, we have video producers, we have freelance writers, um, we have agencies who can help with design. Um, that's also been really, really important, of course, to be able to scale at certain times when things get busier, bigger campaigns and so on. Um, lots of other things under the covers, but those are, are two things that I've learned have been really, really important to ensuring we can maintain consistency and quality in the content that we're doing, while also producing a wide variety of different formats and um, for, for different platforms.
1: Mm. And when you're looking to partner with um, agencies to support you, as you said, you have some agencies that you work with. Yeah. What's a key thing that you are looking for in forming that partnership um, from the outsourcing of certain marketing?
0: I think it's, it's really, really important to understand both kind of how your own team works and operates and finding folks that you, you know, feel really comfortable and strong that they can work with you in that way. And what I mean by that is, as an example, um, here at Vidyard, we're a relatively small, very nimble, very fast moving team. And we, um, you know, will often prioritize, um, you know, speed and experimentation and things like that, and and, and content quality over things like production value and things like that. And so we, I've had, you know, negative experiences in working with agencies who, you know, it was my fault because I didn't really prep them ahead of time, who had different expectations of, of how things would work, right? We'd say, okay, we're like, Launching this campaign in two weeks, and we need to get this video done like in three days. And they're like, Whoa, 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 it takes us three days just to find a team who's going to work with you. And I'm like, Okay, this isn't going to work. And so, you know, finding an agency where it's people that are like, they're on that same wavelength. And you're very clear upfront, like, this is how we operate. If I come to you on a Wednesday and say, Oh my goodness, we need this for Friday, are you in a motion where you can do that? And if they're like, Absolutely, do that all the time. If needed, I myself, you know, I'm the head of the agency, I'll hop in, I'll edit something and pop it out. So I think that's really important: is to understand your rhythm, your culture of content creation, and finding a partner that you feel can match that and work with you well. Um, and then, of course, as always, is finding somebody who you honestly, um, you know, believe and work with in a way that they're not just doers for you, but they're bringing value back to the equation. They are bringing ideas to you. Um, they're bringing recommendations. And, um, and doing so proactively in different cases, right? That's also my favorite partners are the ones that will honestly sometimes push back and go, oh, you know what, I, I get what you're trying to do here, but what if we did it this way? Or I think I could do this instead. Um, I love that in, in an agency and those who are ready to bring ideas to the table.
1: Yeah, and that that completely makes sense because what you do when hiring an agency is you are hiring expertise, aren't you? And you're bringing other people in who are filling a gap for that area of expertise in your business. So to never get challenged and to never, you know, suggest a different way or come up with an alternative approach would you know kind of goes against that you are hiring yeah. expertise and if you're not the experts then it's not a yes a yes person yeah. or a yes company is it that you're hiring so that completely makes sense uh, for a lot of the the people that i speak to uh, heading up marketing functions in in similar type organizations a key area that they often outsource is um, SEO, like the SEO and the, um, the blog writing, is that something that you um, outsource and how much, how important is SEO in your content play?
0: Yeah, I mean, SEO is, is, is extremely important uh, in, in our world and it's something we have focused on diligently and, and we do have a mixed mode there. So we do have internal expertise and folks that are responsible for our SEO work in addition to some other um, kind of core fundamental digital and content programs. Um, But we do have an agency partner that we um, work with from an SEO and SEM perspective. So they are um, in continuous mode of providing recommendations and optimizations around our core SEO strategy and also partner with us on search engine marketing um, with, again, providing us um, expertise in terms of different keywords and phrases we should be focusing on and then helping us actually execute different campaigns Um, So that's a really important one. And, um, you know, that's an area where having real experts in the market uh, who are like literally day to day staying on top of it uh, can have a huge, huge benefit. Um, So that's been a really great one. And then we do also have uh, partners that we work with for copywriting uh, for longer form content, as well as to help with some of the core SEO work, though. uh, Again, we do have an internal team that uh, that helps with the SEO writing as well.
1: Mm, That makes sense. So so let's talk about things to avoid. So we've talked about all the wonderful things you've done. Do you have any cautionary uh, tales or stories of perhaps a campaign you embarked upon that didn't quite go as planned?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know what? I I, I do. There's more than one. And what I have found, uh, there's a a thread across some of those that have not performed to their potential um, that I've realized in hindsight. And that is when planning out a campaign or a piece of content um, is the the, the failure has happened when it's been kind of like a, a one and done kind of a program, right? So you put a lot, you're really like, this is a really important message or piece of content or launch and you put all this energy into it. And it's like one email campaign to your base, promoting it, and then you're done. And it's not paying enough attention to the promotion aspect. Um, and often you should be spending more time on promotion than production. And I've learned that the hard way. Uh, you know, I think our, in, in the early days, I, I remember people saying, wow, your team is amazing at producing content, but not so great at promoting it. And uh, we'd have all these great assets that, again, we didn't really even think about, like, how can we repurpose things that we did a year ago, right? Um, How can we take this hero piece of content and then create, you know, use a hub and spoke model and create all these, you know, sort of variants and offshoots of it for different channels and things that link back to that main piece. So that's one thing I've learned the hard way is be really mindful about your promotion strategy, um, even before you start production.
1: Yeah, well, that's um, music to my ears because because that is the, you know, entire reason that I started Content 10X as a business. Yeah. So um, you are not alone with that problem because <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, you, you are right, though. And, and I actually do think that it does often work well, though, that, the you know, in-house you are focusing on the creation and the, you know, the strategy and the core pillar content. And working out, yes, what will this become and what can it go on to and how could we create it slightly differently to play into different forms of repurposing. But it isn't always the best use of your time to then be doing all of that because it's more about the strategy, the thinking and the initial execution of the pillar pieces. I guess it's more, you don't have a content creation problem. It's more of a distribution problem and actually having too much content and realizing that there's a lot that needs to go out. And it's not easy, is it? And, yeah. and, it, and the natural inclination is often to go on to the next piece rather than yep. absolutely maximize that core piece. So <laughs> yeah. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah very much so. so
1: what would you say? So here's some quick fire questions. So what would you say is one takeaway tip you would give to other content marketers looking to just optimize content output?
0: Um, Obsess over your audience, practice like true empathy, get to know, you know, who it is you're really talking to. Um, And, and, you know, don't forget that, right? Like always, always, always look at what you're doing through the lens of your audience. And if you haven't, Reach down to your audience, ask for feedback. Um, do so, right? Don't be shy. Talk to people to understand what they really care about, and uh, and really live and breathe that.
1: Mm, just keep that audience focus at all times. Makes sense. And <laughs> um, what would you say is a typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you recommend marketers take more
0: seriously and use? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say. Honestly, I think short form video content um, as, a, as a tool is something that I just think is, is highly underutilized, not thought about enough by marketers. Uh, we've gotten good at making long form webinars and uh, you know, big hero video campaigns, but the opportunity with short micro pieces of content that can be leveraged across social, even leveraged in your own campaigns is something we all need to get better at. And using you know, video as a visual medium, a way to connect with people and share those ideas and stories without it always becoming a five minute long piece or a 30 minute long recording. I think it's something we all need to get better at.
1: Yeah, and I think that the rise of TikTok is telling us that that is where people's attention are I've I've just been looking at Edison research the um, Triton Digital's most recent report and I'm going to be digging into that a bit more this afternoon when we do a podcast about it and to me like the biggest takeaway from that uh, based on a US audience anyway is the TikTok rise and looking at the age categories as well and anybody who's saying that it's a young person's platform that's not Absolutely not the case. It's risen across all age groups, including 50 plus. So, if, if we're seeing that, then short form video just can't be ignored. Kind it? of, it's what people are enjoying and engaging with and want to see. So, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild, actually. I just had uh, to, to, to share a quick perspective on that because we've, um, as part of our, our, our sales feed network, we went from zero to we're just about to crest 40,000 TikTok followers on our sales feed TikTok account. And it's called sales feed right like it's very clearly about sales and all of our posts are you know hashtagging sales tips sales advice those sorts of topics and so if, honestly i was even surprised at how quickly we built an audience of people who are clearly engaging in sales related content so those people are there but the thing that i've actually enjoyed the most about getting active on TikTok as a brand is it's been a forcing function to think about how do we create these micro bursts of content where your goal isn't even just to get people to watch it all the way to the end. Your goal is to actually create something that somebody will watch three times or four times over and over. And that's an interesting challenge to think about, go, wow, that's a really neat dynamic. Uh, and it does kind of really push you onto your comfort zone and think, what would I do in that world where everything I make is gonna be you know, less than a minute and my goal is to get somebody to watch it three times, not just once. That's when you get really sharpened, really sharpen your content knives.
1: I absolutely love that. And I'm just thinking through the the content that I really like on TikTok and and I will just watch it again, again and again, and I'll forward it to someone and they'll watch it again and again. So yeah, that's a really, really good perspective. I I love that. (laughs) Um, So if you could create any kind of content, so we're talking about sky's the limit here. It could be a billboard in Times Square, a primetime TV show. What would you want to create? What would be that? Wow we've, we've created it finally kind of moment.
0: <laughs> I would love to do some form of, um, a, a really immersive, uh, you know, in physical experience that, um, you know, can really just stimulate such strong emotion, such strong resonance with people, you know, both visually tactile, something like that is just, I think the ultimate bringing a brand to life. Uh, probably include some types of holograms I would I would suspect some types of scents in the air Um, so something of that nature I've always really wanted to be able to do because I think it's just the most amazing manifestation of of bringing a brand to life in a way that can really resonate with people
1: and so with that response are you quite excited with what is the potential for metaverse and, and all of that kind of content is that interesting you at the moment
0: Honestly, not particularly. Um, I, I feel like it's, um, you know, I mean, I think it has a ways to go to be, to be really valuable. I think one of the, the, the challenges we, we may face in the metaverse is um, an instinct to try to reproduce the real world in the virtual world. Um, and, and I think that's something we all need to be mindful of not trying to do. Um, it has a different place. It's a different vibe. It has a different opportunity. So I do think we need to rethink a little bit of like, what what should that experience be? And it's going to take a while for us to get there because you have to use existing representations as a starting point to figure it out. But I'm more excited about, you know, the, the more distant future where it's not just, how did we do it here? Like I've seen, you know, virtual shopping experiences where it's like, hey, great. It's like, I'm in a store. I'm like, but no, that's not what this is about. I don't want to be in a virtual store. Um, give me a better, more interesting, more engaging buying experience. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that starts to play out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, when when you talked about holograms, I was thinking about Star Wars when, um, you know, like they'll have a <laughs> little Princess Leia kind of appears on the hand and speaks to them from another part of the world and things like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's cool. <laughs> One day. <laughs> um, so on the b2b content strategies podcast when we speak to true leaders in the b2b marketing world like yourself i always like to close by asking and um, based on that who do you think we should be inviting to speak on this show so who do you think is a real true leader in b2b marketing tech world
0: oh <laughs> um you know uh somebody that i am um just a huge personal fan of and and I've been doing some work with uh, lately because I love the work that he does um, is uh, a gentleman named Andrew Davis or Drew Davis and um, you know Drew is he's a he's a keynote speaker he's a thought leader a, a wonderful expert but he comes from a background in media production he was a producer for the Muppets and he's written a couple of books but he just brings such a fresh perspective on the role of content to engage and to earn trust almost from a B2C world but he brings it into the B2B world in such a a wonderful way and he's such a great storyteller so if you can get Drew Davis on the show uh, I think your audience would absolutely adore him.
1: I've spoken to Drew before and um, he's a good friend of of our friends at convince and convert and Jay bear and so that is a fantastic idea thank you yeah. i uh, <laughs> i think that would be a good conversation so thanks tyler great spot there <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a, such a, a great conversation so interesting to hear what you guys um, are doing and focusing on and all, all the fun content that you're creating over at vidyard Um, where would you like uh people to go to um connect with you or, or find out more
0: yeah, for myself, uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Tyler Lassard at Bidyard. You'll find me there. Um, and I share you know, a lot of my own ideas as well as things we're doing at Bidyard and as part of our sales feed media network. So if you're interested in following either of those just to see what we're doing and to get some inspiration, um, start with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you, of course, can also head to Bidyard.com and subscribe to our newsletter or things like that to see what we're doing in our core content. Um, and if you want to see what we're doing with our SalesFeed media network uh, as inspiration for your own programs, uh, you can go to salesfeedmedia.com. That's kind of the home site for it. From there, you can find links to our different channels, uh, subscribe to our newsletter. And again, we'd love for you to passively follow along, see what we're doing, and maybe you'll find some inspiration for your own programs as well. Well,
1: that's awesome. Thank you. And I will link to everything that you just mentioned in our show notes. So there can be some quick and easy links over there. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. It's been um, an awesome conversation.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Amy. I appreciate being on.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought about conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.